first time they met, uh, I can imagine his daughter coming home from uh, watering, watering the flocks and saying, Dad, um, while I was at the well, um, these uh, the men that normally live around here were bullying me and my sisters and didn't want us to, to, to water our sheep. And this, this random man from nowhere, um, who was a bit bruised and had been in the wilderness for a bit, came and rescued us. And look, Dad, I have brought him home. <laughs> at which point, Jethro would have taken a look at Moses, who's at this point walked from Egypt to wherever Mid Midian is, uh, and would have thought to himself, okay, this is interesting. Uh, 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 the, those who own cats will know that at certain points, cats bring presents home from outside, which are unwanted <laughs> presents. Uh, who's ever had that happen, where the cat brings home something that you just, you look at and you say, thank you for your kindness, cat, but uh, uh, no thank you, please. I will put this outside the door. And so Jethro invites Moses in, is grateful, obviously, for all that Moses has done, probably doesn't inquire as to why Moses is in Midian in the wilderness on his own, having traveled quite a long way, doesn't ask so many questions, and Moses doesn't want to give answers either. For Moses, this is a space where he can he has run from, from the life that he has run away from. Because if you remember the story of Moses, he has run from Egypt because he killed someone. And they found out about it. So he's an exile, fleeing for his life, trying to keep the past life a secret. And so he stays one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, a week, two weeks, three weeks. The gift from the cat is still in the house. And from Jethro's perspective, a relationship is brewing between this strange man and his daughter. Jethro was a priest. So he's looking and saying, what's happening here? Now, I have two daughters. So for me, this is a terrifying prospect. What would I do? What would I do? This is a random. Obviously, yes, he's shown kindness, and he's now living in the house and in the premises, probably helping with the sheep, but um, I'm not quite ready yet for this relationship to blossom. So you have this un unlikely thing happening where this strange man and the daughter of the priest are getting into a relationship with each other. Now, Never asking what, happens, what happened to Moses before. Jethro welcomes Moses. Moses stays, keeps his mouth stum, does his work. Stays for 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> That's the gap between Moses arriving at the well and the incident with the burning bush. So the gift from the cat now has stayed in your house for 40 years. And then he goes up a mountain, has something happened to him up the mountain, which no one really knows. He comes back down and says, I have met the God of my people. 
What? You never mentioned your people. You've been here 40 years. You've never even talked about what happened before you came. Now, all of a sudden, you've gone up this hill. You've met the God of your people. And what's he saying to you? Leave? Go back to where you came from? I've just allowed you to marry my wife, my, 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 my daughter. What do we do? Do I, do I, does she go with you to this place I don't know? To follow this God I don't serve? What, what, what do we do about this? But Moses has heard from God, so he has to go. Doesn't he? He sets off, goes. Oh, don't worry, I'm going to meet my brother on the way, and he will, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will help with my stammering. And off they go. And so you have Jethro. I don't know what's going to happen to my daughter. This is a very strange man, Moses. And then, I don't know how long the process takes from when Moses arrives in Egypt to when they leave. But the next thing Jethro hears is Zipporah saying, I'm on my way. I've got two kids. <laughs> I've got two kids with me. We're coming to see you. All the things that this man said about his God are true. So they come and they meet Jethro in Midian. And Jethro sets out with them and the two kids to go and meet Moses again. They're, they're old friends because they've known each other for a while. But they're new friends because now Moses is no longer just a shepherd. He's no longer just a ruffian. I understand his story a bit more. He has a people, a vast people, who were enslaved and the story is much deeper than I thought it would be. And the person he killed was someone who was hurting someone. It makes more sense. He wasn't the criminal that I thought he was. He wasn't the ruffian that I thought he was. There was something more to his story, something, I dare say, good. Good. And then they meet. And it's an amazing little thing. They meet together. And what is it that Jethro says? Jethro says, Jethro was delighted to hear all about the good things the Lord had done for Israel, Moses' people. I'm reading from verse 9. In rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians, he said, what does Jethro say? Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now, because before I didn't, now I know that the Lord, this God, is greater than all other gods. For he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. Something incredible happens. There is a family reunion, which is beautiful. But in this family reunion, there is a new discovery. And the discovery is this. The priest of other gods in a foreign land meets the prophet of the living God of the Israelites who has proved in power and might that he is all-powerful. 
And in this family reunion, those who were Midianites with foreign gods become worshippers of the Lord. Praise be to the Lord, Jethro says. And then what do they do? They eat together and they enjoy it. And it's a lovely day. This story, and when I was looking through the passage, I was tempted to, to read the whole chapter. But the next part of the chapter deals with something completely different to what this half of the chapter deals with. This half of the chapter spoke about me saying to my mum, I want to go and do something else. Uh, they said they wanted me to be an engineer and worked hard to teach me my maths and my sciences. So when I went to university to do engineering, they were really pleased. The day I came to them and I said, I am going to stop doing engineering, I'm going to do English. They all looked at me a bit funny. Don't know about that. It's like I really feel strongly that God's calling me to do something literature-based rather than maths and science-based. I am an elephant trying to climb a tree. It's not working. It's not working. Um, strange looks. Off I went. Uh, came back with Anna Fiona after a while. Mum, this is the woman I want to marry. Oh, not so sure. Not because of her, but because I just looked like an idiot who just turned down an engineering degree for an English degree. My decision-making was being questioned, and I was questioning it. But there was something about God drawing you into a different way of being. When I said to my friends, I can't come with you to, to party I'm too weak right now, because if I come out, there are things that I will see and do that I just know aren't good for my soul right now. God is working on me. And they all looked at me funny and sorted off and did their own thing. Seven, eight years later, the family reunion is different. The trust for what God is doing is different. And I'm offering this passage and this story as an encouragement for those of us who perhaps, one, have family who are estranged to us, for one reason or another, because of the choices we have made. Or two, feel estranged, either from family or from God himself. The encouragement of this story, and it's, it's a motif that you find through scripture all the way to the parable of the prodigal son, about a decision that's made that creates a distance, and the long story of God being one that's knitting the path back together, knitting the path back together, drawing people back together. And the journey changes the perspective from the gods that people worship. Don't know who that would be. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's self-worth. To the living Lord who can cause 10 plagues and free a nation and lead them in the wilderness and give them water, and give them bread, and give them meat. For those of us with estranged people, this story tells us that if that's the case now, that's not going to be the case in the end. It's not going to be the case in the end. And the God whose pleasure it is to lay out a banquet for his big, big, big family is doing the work, thank you Grace, is doing the work of uniting under his son Christ, 
are people from the four corners of the world. From the four corners of the world. And actually, one thing they're going to do together is they're going to stand and proclaim praise to the Lord. They're going to be united and they're going to always share a meal. Not just in this life, but in the banquet that is to come. So, two strange men meet um, once in different circumstances, the second time in other circumstances, and the third time in other circumstances. And the end goal is that the God of heaven is the one who is praised and worshipped. And estranged people find oneness together. I will end by saying this. Um, if you ever hear that I'm having trouble with my daughter's boyfriends, please remind me of this passage. <laughs> Shall we pray together? Dear God, good Father to us all, we thank you that it is your eyes that look over all of history. It is your eyes that see who we have been, where we have come from, what we have done. It is your eyes that look upon us with love, with mercy, and not judgment alone. It is your hands that knit the world we will walk into. It's your heart that decides our vision. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, bring comfort to those of us who have estranged family or friends for whatever reason. And in your work of great reconciling, would you bring us together? Would you heal what needs healing? Would you give hope again where there is despair? And would you draw us to call upon your name in petition and in praise, in the hope that in this life and in the next, we will gather one body because we share in one bread, because we call on one name as Father to celebrate at the feast of the marriage of the Lamb and his bride. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.